Hello and welcome, sister, mother, grandmother, woman of divine sovereignty. Welcome to Motherhood Herself. I am Star Taylor. I'm a 35-year-old mum from the Gold Coast in Sydney. I'm a wife and I'm a co-parent and a step-parent. And I'm coming into this space to speak to you, to express myself, to share with you my wisdom and my insight through my experiences in my life and all the contemplations and all of the progress and the processes that I have gone through to share with you some wisdom into parenting, marriage, women's business. And I'm, when I say women's business, I don't necessarily mean business itself, but it's women's stuff, you know. And I'm really wanting to uplift and empower you to remember your divine sovereignty, to remember your medicine, to remember that you are the ceremony, you are the medicine, you are the living prayer, and you are the one in your family that is to lead us into the new way, the new way of life that we are stepping into, to lead your family, to guide your children, to heal your men. And I really cannot wait to share all of my wisdom with you and get to know you, meet you, know you online. So I welcome you into this space. I'll let you know a tiny bit about myself. I am a Scorpio sun, Leo moon and a Capricorn rising. I am an ENFJ campaigner, manifesting generated 2-4 right angle cross of the Sphinx. Um, I'm responding strategy, sacral authority. My strongest sense is my inner vision and my preferred environment is markets places where I get to be around people but I'm also a hermit and I love to spend lots of time all by myself whilst also in the presence of other people <laughs> um, so welcome to this space I look forward to sharing all of my wisdom with you let's get right into this episode hello hello so I want to jump back on to share again and a little bit more into what is a good mom what is a good mother and i i just feel like it's really important and really potent that i dive in and just share a few more things that i feel um are really really pivotal in understanding yourself as a mother i just realized like if you've been watching any of my videos and i'm looking up or looking down i'm not looking at anything it's just like my thinking brain just goes to like focus or something while i'm talking because i actually do this all on the fly it's how i operate i don't operate by reading a script or um notes it just doesn't work for me because I want this to be super authentic. I want to show up in a way that is super authentic, super real, so that I can really reach to your heart when I'm speaking from a place of my own truth, um, which I can't do when I'm reading a script. <laughs> I don't think I've mastered that art of acting and putting on a show. Unless I'm putting on the show of me. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to go into this like meditation and coming back into breath. I just want you to dive right on in into what is a good mum. I feel like in my first video I was sharing and I was actually going to redo the whole thing. But there are a lot of nuggets of gold in there and I don't want to just swipe it just because I missed out on a few things that I really wanted to speak into. And I want to really allow myself to share with you 
things that have been big learning points about being a good mum and what that looks like, like where we get this idea of good. Like it's so linear, that language. And when I say linear, it's so like black and white, like good, bad, right, wrong. Nothing is good and bad. Nothing is wrong. Okay. I want to preface what it means and what is a good mum with this. Before you or your child, before you or your child's spirit descends into its chosen physical vehicle or body, you make this choice. So up in the cosmos, so to speak. So just bear with me while I explain this. Up in the cosmos where we are all energy and we are all spirit form. I'm going to preface it like this. Just imagine you are sitting in a, <laughs> a cosmic lounge room, a cosmic waiting place or how do I put this? Not waiting place, like waiting room. There we go. Waiting room where you are waiting to embody and descend into a physical body to have a human experience. <laughs> I love it. I just love this analogy. I'm laughing at myself because I love it so much. Okay, so just imagine, and don't mind, you could probably hear my kids getting upset with my husband out there. Um, okay. Imagine you're sitting in this cosmic lounge, waiting lounge room. And there's all these souls, these spirits sitting there and they're like, one's like, oh my God, I, I, I need to go back into earth and I have to learn and I need to learn this lesson of self-forgiveness. Uh, and then someone else is like, hey, I actually, I need to go back to earth and, pardon me, and learn the, the art of forgiveness. And they're like, hey, you and me, we can like go and support each other on this journey. Cause like, I need to learn forgiveness. You need to learn self forgiveness. Let's make a contract here in this space and let's go choose that. Now, when the next physical body comes, the soul descends into the body. Um, both these souls, for example, will descend into the body choosing this life experience that, that is going to await them. And as life goes on, the one that needs to learn self-forgiveness is driving along in a car. And we're just going to say it's a he. He's driving along in a car and he's an alcoholic and he's drunk. And then he gets into a really bad car accident with a couple and one of them is the one that needs to learn forgiveness. So say it's the wife that needs to learn forgiveness and when they get into this accident, the husband dies. And both the, the man who needs to learn self-forgiveness and the woman that needs to learn forgiveness both survive. And so the man that needs to learn self-forgiveness has to learn how to forgive himself for being drunk and killing somebody by accident. 
And then the woman who has to learn forgiveness, her job is to, how does she move through grief and learn to forgive the man that killed her husband? Because he was drunk, you know? So I'm saying this because before you descend into your body, you literally choose your parents to have a particular experience. This is why it doesn't matter what you do as a parent. No matter how much you try to be the best parent possible, your children are still, they are going to, they are going to be in your life and have you teach them particular experiences because that's what they came here for and that's why they chose you to be their mother and their father to be their father even when you look at um, separate families just like with my eldest she obviously already knew <laughs> I love it like she knew that her parents wouldn't be together and that she would descend into her physical body knowing this and her her work there is and could be just like my work was is how how do you love both parents or you know how do you how do you learn to love yourself actually i feel like that for me was my lesson as being in separate families is how do you learn to not put the expectation of your parents loving validating and approving of you and learn to love validate and approve of yourself you know so when i'm saying this what i really want you to see is the idea of being some perfect mum is <laughs> It's a fucking idea. That's one. Who decides what a perfect mum looks like? Who gives the rules? Do you just create that shit up on your own? And I bet you do. And I tell you why. It's because each and every one of us will have a different idea of what a perfect mum looks like. Not everyone's going to have the same idea what a perfect mother looks like. Because in my opinion, what a perfect mother looks like is a mother who is really deeply in attunement to herself who can experience life and the multifaceted, you know, like when I say multifaceted, it means like everything, all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, who can experience and live this within their life in a way that they don't condemn or judge the experiences, whether they may look negative or positive, they just allow themselves to really embody their own truth and they impart that wisdom onto their children. They live and they love fully. They show their children what it means to be human, not a fucking robot, not a perfect Stepford wife. No, what it means to be a human, to make mistakes, to forgive yourself through those mistakes, to love yourself. And they're not really mistakes because you're actually meant to go through them because they teach you really powerful lessons about yourself and the world. And it helps you to um, evolve and change your perspective on life to loosen the grip of attachment that we hold on life. So what I really wanted to dive in here and speak into are these, I'm going to call them 
the three C's. This is how we decide. And I want you to just look at when I'm talking about these things, I want you to take time to maybe journal, look at and reflect at yourself in, in your life, how these things come up, how and what this means to you. Okay. So the first one is when we're deciding within ourselves what a perfect and what a good mother looks like, we actually, I'll just go through the, first, the three to begin with. We will begin to conform to society's standards or standards that we've already seen. So whether that be through our own parents or someone else's parents or through movies or through television shows or through what we've heard or what we have fantasized about if we didn't have a really good parent, what we may have fantasized a good parent look like. Especially if we have trauma in our childhood, we're going to fantasize about what a good parent looks like. We actually don't have a real model to go off. We may see other people's families as a model, which I found for myself. Um, I had a lot of like friends' families be role models for me without knowing of course but they were role models for me about what a good mother would look like or do or present as or show up as or dress as or speak as or hold herself as in her presence or be right so we can conform to what we believe is society's standards or the standards in which we have been conditioned by our experience we can then compete with mothers that we end up meeting when we have children. If you go to playgroups or you meet children at schools or um, your friends, if they're parents, we can compete. Oh, she's doing that, so I'm going to do this as well and I'm going to do it better, you know. And then we can compare. Oh, I'm not a good mom. I, I can't talk to my kids like that. I can't educate my kids like that. I can't play with them like that. I can't do art with them like that. I can't do that. That's what she does. I can't do my makeup like that or my hair or we start to compare. I'm not like her. How can I be like the, like like her? So we conform, compete and compare. And somehow within this, and it's a very natural behavior of women, it's been happening for millennia. If you think about when women um, were defined by their husbands or their partners when they were married, because women were considered like a second human, like not as important. And when this has happened, you know, women had to compete with their sisters, with their friends, with other women to get the the best man for them who could provide a future, who could give them a status or a name or um, to be recognized, acknowledged. So women were conforming, competing and comparing back then. And that's why I like all these movies like Pride and Prejudice and Sensibility, I love all these things, that's why I'm mentioning them. <laughs> Um, show and reveal to us parts of our history that we don't we haven't lived but it's within our DNA we've we've moved through that because our ancestors have and it's passed on through genetic DNA it's this ancestral and to make this make sense for you right now within your womb actually within your yeah, right now within your womb within each egg in your ovaries is your, ch your child, 
their child, so your grandchild. And if you think it just keeps going, right? Because within that egg's an egg and an egg and we're just never raining. That's how we know that this stuff is ancestral. It's been passed down down through our DNA. The conforming, the competing and the comparing. So when you look at this in terms of being a mother, I want you to start to analyze yourself. Because your life is going to be different to mine. Your experiences are going to be different. So that's why I can't tell you what to do. But you, this is an opportunity for you to, um, to look into, to explore, to contemplate. To contemplate the whys and how and where we form these ideas of what a good mother looks like. How are you conforming to society's standards or standards that are being passed down to you through beliefs, values and ethics from your families, from your friends, from other people you know, from movies, from TV shows? We're influenced by all these things. They all matter. Just because you right now don't make the connection, it doesn't mean that you're reptilian brain the brain that receives and sees every single thing that you have experienced and seen throughout your lifetime that really allows the operation of the subconscious mind the mind that is playing the game playing this this life for you it's operating under the surface making all the decisions and choices for you without you fully participating and you don't have to so when I say subconscious, we've got the conscious mind and the subconscious. The conscious mind is what we know, what we see. I know I do this because I see myself as this. Your subconscious mind, it's like, it's like in the movie Men in Black where there's that guy that owned the little marbles and when they killed him, when the cockroach dude kills him, they open his brain opens up and there's a little alien in there and he's operating like the the human looking body. That is what the subconscious mind is. You can't see it on the outside. It's it's behind the scenes playing this game of life, telling you to choose what you choose, telling you to believe what you believe because it's already been programmed from all the things this is where the conditioning takes place. Where you, it's what you learn from your parents. It's what you learn from your friends at school when you're a teenager through all your experiences, even the ones that you don't remember. Even the experiences you have when you're a newborn baby. Like shit you don't remember. Things you even block out to keep yourself safe is stored there in that reptilian brain. This is facts. This is freaking science. So I want you to start to begin to look, open the curtain of your life, try to look behind the scenes and see where you have learned what it meant to be a good mother. Who taught you that? Who told you that? Why did you attach yourself to that? Maybe, for example, um, how do I put this? I'm just trying to give you a, a my life example. Okay, here. My mother, my mother's version of discipline was uh, physical abuse. Like she would hit us uh, like as if we were getting caned. 
um, at school. Like we, I mean, I never got caned at school, but it's something that our parents experienced, right? And to me, I would never do that to my kids. So what I conditioned myself to believe there was, I was so anti that behavior from my mum. And there's two ways you can go, because you can follow on and do the same thing, or you can choose not to. And I chose not to. I was just so anti it that I would never do that to my children. I would never put them through that. I am so anti the fact that my mum gave me zero freedom as a teenager, or as a ch like as a teenager, to have freedom of speech, to make choices for myself, to trust myself, to trust my inner wisdom that my eldest daughter chose this year to go and live with her dad because I've given her the freedom of choice to make that because I want her to trust her intuition and to know that. And the reason why I do that is because of what happened to me as a child that I never got to choose to go to my dad's. Even though my mom said we did, I didn't feel like I was free to make that choice. I felt like if I made that choice, she would condemn me and she would reject me and she would disown me and never want to speak to me again. And of course, as a child, being very attached to her mother, I did not want that to happen. So I never allowed that choice to be an option, right? Even though it was given to me because I know what came with that option. Whereas with my daughter, she knows I am going to love her no matter what she chooses, even if it kills me, even if it hurts me, even if I cry, which I have all year, <laughs> even if I've broken down and, you know, just been in, in going through grief all year because I felt so at a loss without her. But I'm still proud of myself for taking myself to allow her to make that choice for herself, for her to understand what it feels like to be empowered by your own choices, to trust your divine and intuitive nature, to trust your inner compass, to trust what you want. Does that work for me? Does it not work for me? Do I like it? Do I not like it? That's the opportunity. And I really feel that when you start to pull the curtains open and peer into the subconscious mind, into behind the scenes, we look at where are we conforming? Where are we competing with other mothers and where are we comparing ourselves with other mothers? And how that impacts what we believe is a good mother. Where does that keep you stuck from being fully expressed as a woman, sensually, sexually, emotionally, in your career, in what you choose for yourself in your life, how you dress, how you, how you wear and present yourself? Again, so this is real life. You can hear my kids screaming in the background. Hubby is not in <laughs> the happiest mood at the moment. And the kids are just obviously reacting off his emotions. Um, He's just not happy because he's tired and he's this sick of the kids screaming. <laughs> That's parent life, y'all. But I want you to look into and see yourself. Analyze. The, the power of, even if I take that word analyze, contemplate it. Contemplate, look into, in, be curious about yourself and your beliefs and where they came from. When we have the power and the, when we take that power to take contemplation 
to explore ourselves. This is where conscious changing perceptions actually happen. And when I say conscious changing, you get to change the way you do things. You don't have to be, just because you've already conformed to this way of being a mum, you don't have to stay being the mum like that. You do not have to continue. You can choose to change the way you do things, the way you act, believe, behave, what your ethics, morals, values are. You can change everything. You don't have to stay stuck. You're not a tree. You're not a tree with roots stuck to the ground and cannot move. You are a changeable person, every single one of us, men and women. Just because we already made this decision within ourselves that I'm going to be this, and I can never be, I can never change my mind because people are going to judge me. People will judge you no matter what. You can change your mind. You can show up in a completely different way. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you what your heart desires. What's inside your heart? What do you want for yourself? What is the highest calling for you? When you sit back and you close your eyes and you could daydream about a fancier world or a world that is just so perfect, what are you dreaming of? Are you scared to say these dreams out loud or write them down? Take that time, if it's now or after, to sit down and say to your subconscious, say to your higher self, asking higher self, what do I really want? What is the most perfect in a perfect world? What is the most amazing, perfect, abundant life for me? What does it look like? Show me. And then just write down whatever the hell comes to your mind, even if you think it would never happen. What does your heart truly desire? What lights you up? What do you see in other women that you adore, that you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could show up like that. And you're not saying that in an envious or judgmental way. You're just like... I'm just scared to be that person or show up in that way. Get curious about yourself and where your beliefs come from and don't be afraid to change. I have changed so much. I was just so rigid and I've come out of rigidity into this fluid feminine and I feel so much freer. I mean, I'm not at the stage where everything is exactly the way I want it because I'm still experiencing my own lessons within my life. And continually, day by day, I'm literally going through conscious changes, conscious changes in my perceptions, in how I perceive the world, what my perspective is of the world. It is just like flipping my whole life on its head day to day. And I'm open to that. I'm open to receive that and I'm open to change. I'm no longer feeling like a tree and feeling stuck like I've made this choice and I can only be this now. I've changed my wardrobe, the way I look, the way I do my hair, like so much. And I will continue. I will continue to reinvent and re-explore myself in a new and beautiful way. Every single day, every single year, every single moment of my life to the day that I die, I'm not going to stay rigid or stuck to my beliefs, ethics and values because as we evolve in life and as we change and as the years go by, life is going to change before us. We can stay stuck to what we think we know or we can understand that we really don't know a lot and we can change our mind and explore ourselves from a different perspective all the time.
Like think of your kids, your kids are forever changing and growing as they age and the, what they like today is going to change and it's going to continue to change. Why can't we continue to grow like that? When did that stop? When did we stop changing everything? Like think of yourself back in high school, are you the same person? Did you go through phases of liking things and different styles or have you stayed exactly the same the whole time? two really good options to really look at. I've changed so much, I can't even. I was a tomboy, I didn't speak much, I was not confident to talk in front of people. I actually shook. My teeth chattered so much that words couldn't come out. That, yeah, I am not even, I didn't put makeup on, I didn't do anything. I was just like, had hair down past my butt. I could only have my hair in a bun or a plait. Like, I am like not even, oh my gosh, even to like five years ago, holy shit, I'm not even the same person. So much has changed and I will continue to change because I'm no longer interested in conforming to the ideas that I have created and the fantasies I've created of what marriage looks like or what the perfect mum looks like or what the ideal mother does, acts, shows up, presents herself as. I'm not interested in being some perfectly cut, well-defined, structured, well-compartmentalized, patriarchal version of a woman. What I am interested in is diving deep into like femininity and fluidity and flow and changing and flexibility and transformation and just being a divine feminine woman in every way, being passionate about everything in my life and not diluting myself because it makes other people feel uncomfortable. I'm not interested in competing with anybody. I just don't care. I want all people, all women to be successful and happy and joyful. I have no fucking interest in comparing myself or competing. And don't get me wrong, the comparing part, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm 100% done with comparing, I mean, inside I'm done, but I haven't finished the journey of what it's teaching me. Because I still find myself going, oh gosh, I wish I did that, or like, oh, she's doing that, I should be doing that. But what I've been learning at the moment when it comes to comparison is I'm really taking a moment to sit back and look at myself and go, but why do you feel that way? You are those things. Give yourself the time and space to show up as and be that, you know? And it's really flipping in the perspective of comparison on its head for me. And it's helping me to expand what I believe and what how I view people. And I'm really just learning to love myself a lot deeper because I feel like the comparison comes from this judgment of myself. <laughs> my god I just don't know what's going on but I'm burping in my mouth like 24-7 at the moment so I hope you got something from this and I really want you as a mum to really analyse and look at yourself contemplate contemplate what it means to be a good mum who told you that who taught you that where did it come from be really radically honest with yourself and not in a judgmental way but just so that you can expand your perception and really understand yourself gosh you know to understand yourself and the more you understand yourself life is going to change 
It's when we don't understand ourselves that we reject so much on the outside. And we reject new ideas, we reject new perceptions and new beliefs and new values and this whole conscious changing world and perceptions that is available to you. So I hope you got something out of this and I'm so excited. I'm so excited to share more with you. Thank you so much for being here and being in this space and hearing me and listening to me and being here. Like honestly, I'm very grateful and yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit and listen to my contemplations and to hear my self-expression, to hear my wisdom, to hear what I would love to gift the world and to all women. I really appreciate the time that you've taken to sit and listen to these contemplations. If you would love to connect with me further, I would love to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at I am star and that is at I A M S S T A R R. And you can also find me on my website, which is www.imstar.com.au and that is I A M S T A R. Um, you can check out all of my motherhood of self offerings and if you want to work with me further, you can check out my website. You can also check out what I am offering and what I share for free all the time on my Instagram account. So thank you so much for being here and I look forward to seeing you soon.